Praise God. Good to have you in service today. This is, we call this uh, Palm Sunday, celebrating the great triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. And uh, then next Friday is Good Friday, and then, and then uh, Easter. It's like the uh, culmination of, of Christianity this week. And, and we just thank God for all that he's done and the, the wonderful things that he's done for us. And uh, just pray that, that we can grab hold of more of the insight and understanding of God than we ever have. We should always be growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can never get to a place where we understand it all, where we all got it all figured out. Like I said last week, when I was in my 20s, I thought I had this thing whipped and uh, had, had a good understanding, good grasp. And now that I'm almost 60, I'm, I'm thinking, man, I have missed out on so much. Um, I, I need more. I need to know more. And it uh, just keeps opening up and o- opening up. You can never get to the end of the, of the knowledge and uh, the understanding and revelation of God. Turn with me this morning to the book of uh, Luke, I believe it is. What did I give you? Oh, we got to do this. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19. Say this with me. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I have been redeemed to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that the fullness of God may dwell in me. Amen. We, we are focusing on the fullness of the Spirit in this, this section. And I uh, want to talk a little bit more about that today in, a, in our message. Turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 19, verse 28. We're reading a lot of uh, Scripture here. It says, When he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to, to Jerusalem. And it came to pass, when he drew near to Bethphage, and uh, Bethany at the mount called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter you will find a colt tied, on which one has never sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if someone asks you, Why are you loosing it? Thus uh, shall you say to him, Because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it, just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owner of it said to them, Why are you loosing the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was now drawing near the uh, the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known even you, especially in this your day, the things that uh, make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, 
For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave one stone upon another, because you did not know the time of your visitation." When we read this, this passage, there's a lot of things that we could, we could focus on. I, I hung up on one there and had a hard time reading because um, the, it just set something off in my head when it said that they went and loose the colt. And they said, when, why are you loosing the colt? And he said, because the master has need of them. And uh, I just about took a whole different turn on a message there, you know. I'm so glad God loosed me one day because he had need of me. Amen. How many, how many old donkeys out there are glad Jesus loosed you? <laughs> because the master has need of you. Amen. Untied you. Praise God. I had a, a picture I was going to show you today, but I, I never got uh, uh, permission back from the person to show the picture, so I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to do that. But it's a before and after picture from a Restoration uh, Connection where Benign Natalie ministering before and after picture of a young lady that uh, was in darkness and bondage, and then a picture of her now, it's, you, you, you can't hardly tell it's the same person. And it's amazing the transformation that takes place in Jesus. One picture is in darkness, the, the next picture is in light. Amen. Revelation and light. Transformation is just amazing when we let God take control of our lives. But when we're reading this scripture, what we can really see, there, like I said, there's so many things that we could, we could focus on on this scripture. But we, what we can really see is the difference of light and darkness. There are those that are receiving revelation in this chapter, in this story, and then there are those that are bound in darkness. And we see the, the battle taking place as Jesus went down and he was given revelation and insight and, you know, about the donkey. And then the, you know, and the, then the people began to gather and rejoice. They didn't know why they were rejoicing. They were, uh, it was the unction of Holy Spirit that began to move upon them in revelation to begin to uh, make, make, create an atmosphere of entry. They begin to, you know, God had to throw his own party. Not everybody understands what you understand when Holy Spirit's talking to you, when you have insight. Not everybody is excited about it. Not everybody can see it. You know, one of the things that, that can be so disappointing is when you just come alive with a word from God and you just see it in the word and it's so exciting to you and you go try to share it to somebody else and they just stand there looking at you and say, okay, yeah, uh-huh. And it can be really disappointing because they don't get it. You know, just like throwing cold water on you and, and it's like, well, you know, don't you get it? No, they haven't received it yet. It hadn't been revelation to them, but in your heart it's been revelation. And so you're excited about it. You're, you, you feel it. it. It invigorates you. It excites you. And we got these disciples that all of a sudden, as Jesus is riding in on this colt, then the disciples begin to rejoice. They begin to get excited about what God's done. In, in the book of John, the same, on the same story, it tells us that uh, they got excited. A lot of them were there not just to see Jesus, 
But a lot of them were there to see Lazarus, whom Jesus raised from the dead. And because they heard Lazarus was coming. You know, it's kind of like, kind of like a Christian conference where you invite certain people that have had some kind, you know, got, got popularity and name and face recognition, and, and people pack it out. You know, they, you, they, they come to see this person that has received something. And so they knew that Lazarus was going to be there, and so Lazarus was on the roster, you know. He's going to show up, and, and uh, Jesus was coming in, and, and here is the, the team, Jesus, the resurrection, and Lazarus, the resurrected, and they were going to be there, and so they were excited, and they, they began to, you know, excitement began to build. People were pouring in, and all of a sudden, somebody got the urge to start singing, Somebody got the urge to begin to worship. Amen. They said, they, they rebuked Jesus and said, shut them down. And Jesus said, hey, if I, if I make them stop, even the very rocks are going to cry out. Can you imagine? I, I, you know, Missouri could, could do a lot of worship <laughs> if the rocks begin to cry out. I mean, we, we could, you know, there, there could be quite a sound. It'd be like an earthquake. But I don't want that to happen. I, want, I don't want him to take my place. Praise God. Because I want to I know his presence. I want to know his spirit. I want to be able to move into worship. And all of a sudden, some of the disciples begin to, begin to feel the, the unction to worship. Have you ever, you ever just had that unction? You'd be driving down the road, and all of a sudden, you just feel this praise coming up inside of you. And, and in that car, you are the greatest singer that ever lived. I mean, you can sing. You can sing and pray. And uh, I mean, you know, in, in the shower, the acoustics, the, the acoustics in, in a shower is amazing. It can make you sound like a professional singer. So a lot of us, a lot of us sing in the shower, you know, or, or in a, a room you know, the, uh, on Facebook, got these uh, singing contractors, and they always go into a room that has just been sheetrocked because in that room, with nothing in it but just bare floor and sheetrock, the acoustics are just amazing, and and so they sing, you know, and, they, and it sounds great and wonderful, and we we can get into it like that, you know, we can really get excited. Right? Got, I've I've passed people on the road going down the road, and and as I look over there. You know, they're, they're just singing. They got their mouth open. They're just singing. I don't know what they're singing, but they're having a good time. Hopefully their eyes are open. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Brother Darrell Cummins, right after he got, got uh, uh, gave his life to the Lord uh, several years ago, uh, back when I was pastoring uh, Salive here, and uh, he gave his life to the Lord, and, and one Sunday he come in and he said, Pastor, I've been, you know, I've been practicing what you've been saying, and I've been praying every day. And even when I, when I'm driving, I, I started, I started praying when I'm driving. And he said, you know, I found something out. He said, uh, you need to keep your eyes open when you're praying and driving. <laughs> I said, how'd you find that out? He said, I went off the road. <laughs> he said, I started praying. Next thing I realized, I was going off the road because I closed my eyes to pray. He said, you can keep your eyes open and pray. I said, yeah, that's a really good thing to do. But when we, when we get into that, you know, sometimes that's when I do a lot of my praying is when, when I uh, am driving down the road, spend a lot of time on the, on the road. And uh, I spend a lot of time praying. My younger brother was following me one time, and he said, I didn't know he was behind me. 
And he said, I don't know what you was doing, but he said, your hand was going like this. And he said, you was going after. I said, son, I was, the devil was taking a whooping in that car. I mean, he was taking a whooping in that car because I was, I was intently on him. Amen. I was on him like a chicken on a June bug. I, I, was, I, was, making him, I was making him understand like, like that little dog. I was making him understand that uh, he did not have authority. Amen. But when we, when we see the understanding, the light and the darkness that we're dealing with, there's light and there's darkness. There's understanding and there's, there's blindness. And the disciples begin to have revelation. They begin to sing a song that says, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. This, this worship, this song just began to come out and begin to burst forth in their lives and in their heart. And they, they begin to sing and they begin to take branches off the trees and put down in front of Jesus. It's almost like, a, you know, they was, they was doing the red carpet thing. They, they were taking it. It says they took their clothes off and put them for them. I, I got to tell you, it wasn't, it, it wasn't a streaker thing. They, they had outer garments, okay? So they were taking their cloaks off, their outer garments, and laying them in the street for Jesus to ride over. What they were saying was, we, we honor you, and we we're doing this because we don't know why we're doing this, but we're doing this because we feel unction. And imagine if you question them afterwards, most of them would say, I really don't know why I did that. Why did I do that? Because there was light beginning to come into their mind. They began to understand that the king of glory was entering in to Jerusalem. This wasn't the first time it entered in, but the king of glory was entering in. And the Pharisees were standing in the crowd and began to get upset. Matter of fact, I, I, I think it might be in Matthew either John or Matthew, it said that the Pharisees, when they heard Lazarus was coming, started plotting how to kill Lazarus. I thought politicians like that only lived in our day. <laughs> Dumb and blind. If it looks good, let's kill it. If it makes us look bad, let's kill it. But they, they got all wound up about this thing. And they were going to kill Lazarus when the resurrection was going to be right there with him. If Jesus resurrected him once, did they not understand that he could do it again? I mean, this is, this is how blindness thinks. People that are blind, that lack understanding, spiritual insight... They, they, they think inside of a barrel, I think. Their, their mind just doesn't go outside of the circumference of their stupidity. Should I say that? Is it legal to say that? When, when, when you are walking in darkness and you can't see, you're going to stumble and you're going you're gonna to make mistakes. You're not going to be able to understand what's going on. You're not going to be able to understand the greatness that God is doing. But when your eyes begin to be open, all of a sudden, things begin to make sense to you. And the disciples begin to get their eyes open. Things begin to make sense. But the Pharisees, they, they begin to tell Jesus, rebuke your disciples and tell them not to sing this song. 
And Jesus just laughed at them and said, if I tell them to be quiet, the rocks will cry out. What was Jesus saying? He said, this is not just some happening. This is a divinely ordered event straight from heaven, and nothing can shut this down. Praise God. I think we need some more divinely ordained events in our day that nothing can shut it down. Praise God. I want to I just tell you that God can break out in the midst of bad circumstances and turn it into a revival. When God shows up, things can change in our lives. Everything can be going bad, and all of a sudden it, it turns. When, when you begin to think about the Lord, things in your life can be going bad, but if, if you just begin to worship and praise him, next thing you know, there's going to be a revival take place in your heart because revelation comes alive. And instead of sorrow, you're going to be rejoicing. Instead of pain, you're going to be feeling great. Why? Because there is a revelation and a transformation to take place in the people that will let God give them understanding, wisdom, and insight. And so Jesus began to weep over Jerusalem. He looked at them and wept over them. And he said, if you had only known, if you would have only known the day of your visitation, do you, do you know that you can miss your visitation? You know, there, there's some, a lot of times today we, get, we go a little overboard trying to encourage people, and, and we, we actually lie to them. I've been reading some stuff on, you know, people post stuff on Facebook that I, I think, good night, you know, you, you ought to think that through. <laughs> <laughs> on all social media, there's a lot of things that I think, uh, you, you probably should have backed up and thought about that. And uh, when... <laughs> You know, people post selfies on Facebook, and they forget their surroundings. Sometimes there's some really uh, revealing stuff in the background in those pictures. And you, you want to make sure when you take a selfie, prepare your, your uh, portrait. Just don't take a selfie. Amen. We know, we know what you looked like yesterday, so to, you didn't change today. We ought to start doing it. I saw a church the other day, and I'm not against this stuff. It just... It just it just seems funny to me. But I saw a church the other day that at the first of the service, you know, somewhere in the service, uh, the pastor tells them, everybody get your phones out now, take a selfie with, with somebody and tell them you're at so-and-so church. You know, it's kind of like advertisement and stuff like that. that that's great. That's wonderful. <laughs> just, just, you know, just make sure what's in the background. Okay? You know, you don't want to take a selfie and somebody picking their nose in, right behind you. I mean, you know, check that stuff out. But we live, we live in a day where, where there's just, you know, information out there, and people are just giving information. Sometimes, sometimes we don't think about the things we're saying. And I've, I've been reading this one statement that keeps reoccurring over and over and over, and that is, no matter what happens, things will work out the way they're supposed to, and you'll get to where you're supposed to be no matter what happens. i got to tell you something. You can miss your appointment. That's, that's not good encouragement. It's almost like, case sirrah, sirrah, don't think about it. Just, just float through life and, and everything. You know, the blessings will find you somehow, some way. I got to tell you something. They will not find you somehow, some way. You got to pursue the things of God. You've got to put effort into it. You, you've got to hear the Word of God and go after the Word of God, or it's not going to happen in your life. Okay? 
we can go a little overboard trying to encourage and make things easy, and easy is not always the best thing can happen to you. Amen. You got to get up and do something. Amen. Matter of fact, you know, Proverbs talks about the sluggard, somebody that's lazy, that just won't do anything, that, you know, if he doesn't work in the summertime, he won't eat in the wintertime, and, you know, things like that. If, if, if we have such an attitude that I don't have to apply myself to Christianity, I don't have to apply myself to the Word of God, I don't have to apply myself to the things of God, you're going to miss out on what God has for you. You've got to give yourself to the plan of God. The plan of God is not just going to happen in your life without you yielding to it. Amen. You've got to put yourself in a position. Position yourself for victory. That doesn't mean just sit and wait for victory to move you into victory. Victory will always be where it's supposed to be, but that doesn't mean you're going to get there. Amen. Boy, that is some really good stuff right there. That's good preaching. Praise God. That, that, that just, uh, that, that, we, ought to, we ought to video that. <laughs> Darkness keeps you out of the good things. But when you see it, then you can apprehend it. If you don't see it, you're never going to get it. Amen. Now, the Bible does say that the blessings of God will overtake you. But that's not talking about somebody that just sit and wait, sitting in their recliner waiting for God to overtake them. To overtake you means it has to run faster than you are. It means you're moving. You're doing something. Praise God. The blessings of God come to those that sit themselves on the blessings of God. So we have to apply ourselves as children of God. You can't just say, God, I need to know your will and keep your Bible shut. I need to know what kind of life I should live and not read your Bible. You're, you're not going to get anything. You're going to get a lot of superstition and silliness. And that's what happens. We've got a lot of people that don't know the Word of God that are, that are pursuing spirituality, and they, they end up in silliness. And it doesn't work out. It always brings destruction. There's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is death. We have to know what the Word of God says, and the Holy Spirit can open the Word of God to us to where we, we begin to have insight into the things of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I want you to go there. This is one of my, I, I love this passage of Scripture because it, it, it really exemplifies what I'm trying to say and what our lives need to have on a daily uh, basis. In verse 9 it says, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. Who's doing the revealing? God. He has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches the things, yes, the deep things of God, for what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. 
These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. We'll read that again. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by, one, by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that, that, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ? Now, the knowledge of God, I was talking last week, if, 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 uh, if we could take a USB port in our head and download the Library of Congress, we would have all the knowledge of man. But what the Word of God is saying right here in, in uh, 1 Corinthians is that the Holy Spirit has all the knowledge of heaven, and God wants to reveal it to us through His Spirit. The insight of God is amazing. We can know more through the Spirit of God than, than we could ever learn, but you have to apply yourself. Amen. You have to seek after. You have to say, God, show me in your word. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Where you see the blessing, you always see the knowledge of God. Where we understand who Jesus is. We understand what he has for us, and we understand what he did for our lives. If you don't understand what he did for your life, you're never going to get it. Amen. Like that before and after picture I was talking about. The only way that happened is there's revelation came into a darkened heart. And all of a sudden light bursts forth and we get to transform and change that person. When we understand that that belongs to us, when we understand that we have received that, when we get into the Word and say, hey, I just found out that, that I've, got, I've got some blessings that I, don't even, I didn't even know I had. And then we look in the Word of God and say, hey, I realize I've been messing up in some areas, that, that I, things that I shouldn't be doing. So we correct that. We change that. And when we do that, then Holy Spirit empowers us to make it happen. Amen. So when, when the empowering comes, then we're able, to, we're able to do what the Word of God says, but it's by His Spirit. And He said He wants to reveal them to us because the Spirit searches the deep things of God. How many would like to have a little more understanding of what you got right now? Amen. I, I do. I pray every day for God to enlighten the eyes of my understanding, that I, that I might know what, what he's doing, that I, can, that I can see, that I can perceive, that I can, I can look beyond the surface and see what's underneath the surface. Amen. To be able to see the things of God and realize what it is. You need this. In all the doctrines and all the preaching and all the teachings that we got today, you need discernment of the Holy Spirit to know whether you should invest yourself in that or not. There are things that are, being, that are taught that you should not invest yourself in. Amen. I see a lot of people do it. There's a lot of, lot of doctrines about, um, you know, there, there's one... Uh, that spread quickly here a while back that, that once you repent and, and ask God to forgive you of your sins, you never have to repent again. I, I, I don't know where they got that, 
But it, it really spread quickly, and people began to invest themselves in that and even scold other people, you know. that well, i got to tell you something. I, I ask God to forgive me every day of my life. I haven't reached the pinnacle of perfection that these people have reached. I ask God to forgive me every day of my life because there's, there's times that I don't always respond to things as good as I should respond to things. There's times that I'm smiling on the outside and inside. I'm, I'm tearing that person apart. I know I'm the only one who does that. <laughs> and I have to repent about that. Have they God forgive, forgive me for the thoughts of my, of my heart. And God, help me not to ever do what just went through my mind. <laughs> help me, Jesus. <laughs> there, there's, there's sometimes I have, to, I have to earnestly seek God to deliver me from me. Amen. Because me doesn't want, always want to do what the Holy Spirit is wanting me to do. Sometimes, sometimes I want to say, Holy Spirit, shut your eyes for a minute. <laughs> you, you know, just kind of close your eyes, go to sleep, something. You know, I, I, but he doesn't. And so we have to repent. There's things that we don't do right. I mean, you're always, you know, if you live in my world, I'm always saying, God, you know, should I do that? Should, does this belong to me? Should I not do this? Should I invest myself in this? Should I, should I get involved in this? Should I not get involved in this? And, and I'm always asking, you know. I get, I get revelation and understanding in situations, but that doesn't mean that I need to speak into that or do it. A lot of times I have to say, God, you know, you need to show me if I need to invest myself in this. Because when you invest yourself in it, you're invested. And you have to set the, re the reproach or blessing, which, whichever it is. And sometimes it's a, it's a reproach. You know, especially if you don't seek God, you, you open your mouth when you shouldn't have opened your mouth. And boy, have I done that a few times. Just because you got insight on something doesn't mean you should say anything. Everybody do like this. Sometimes... You just got to keep your mouth shut and say, okay, Holy Spirit, what, what, what should I do about this? You know what? <laughs> what, what? Should I get involved in this? <laughs> and uh, if I don't get an answer, I just walk away because I have stepped forward before and wished that I had kept my mouth shut. And then there's other times that I need to speak, I need to do something, I need to get involved, and I just can't bring myself to do it for some reason. You know, it's just one of those things where you're just not sure, and and where the, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen, and so you stop. And so I ask God every day to forgive me of things that I might should have done that I didn't do and things that I don't do that I should have done. And, you know, I, I kind of get in Romans chapter 7 with Paul, the things that I would do, I do not, and the things that I do not, would not do, I do. And, and you know, with, if, the, if the guy that, had, that wrote a third of the New Testament and had revelations and went to the third heaven, if he's telling me in Romans chapter 7 that I have some really bad days where I'm confused, then that makes me feel like I'm in good company. When Apostle Paul is saying, my flesh sometimes wins, I'm thinking, man, 
I might make it. You know? I mean, it's the guy that got stoned to death, went to heaven, heard things he shouldn't, that was unlawful to utter, got up, brushed the stones off, went back in the same place and preached the gospel, raised people from the dead, healed people. I mean, it was amazing what Paul did. He had revelation beyond our understanding, was able to write a third of the New Testament when, when he, I mean, it was all brand new. He had to be able to hear from God, and yet in Romans chapter 7, he was saying, man, I really mess up sometimes. And he said, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? You can hear the frustration in his voice. But in Romans chapter 8, he said, But I do know who will deliver me, for there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who are walking not after the flesh but after the Spirit. He said, I know where my hope is. I know where my power is. And I know where my insight is. It's in the Holy Spirit that searches the deep things of God, knows everything about God. And my, my earthly human ability is no good in this situation. Amen. Sometimes in, in, when, the, when you have insight and understanding in, in things, and sometimes things will open up to you that, that you, don't, you don't know what to do with. Just chill out. Let Holy Spirit direct you. Because it's not your job to fix everything. Amen. Praise God. Man, I'm glad you guys got to attend that little preaching message I just gave to myself. <laughs> you, got to, you got to get in on that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm scolding myself here. And I'm <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we'll be in a public place. You know, you ladies like to know what your husbands are thinking. You know, some husbands don't. They got this this nothing place that they can go to and, and there's really nothing going on. I mean, I know that really bothers you, but there's actually nothing going on. They're just driving down the road. They're just, you know, they're just driving down the road. They don't have 21, 21 different windows open in their head, you know, trying to process. And of course, you ladies, I know what you're wanting. You want to know if he's thinking about you. And then if you got a little darkness going on, you're wanting to know if he's thinking about somebody else. So that is the only reason that you say, what are you thinking? Because you want to know if it's you or her. And he's probably trying to figure out what's wrong with the lawnmower. Really has nothing to do with it, you know? The car's not running right or, you know, things like that. Darkness. But sometimes, sometimes Sister Betty asks me that, and I'm one of those strange guys that my brain never shuts off. It's going day and night. I have, I have so many windows open all the time that, that sometimes, you know, I realize that I get tired, but it's not because I'm really working that hard. It's because my brain is, is processing so much stuff, and I just want to shut it off, you know? Just, and, and where's that switch at? The only place I can find is in prayer and worship and just the presence of God. That's where, that's where peace is. 
That's where you can just shut it off. And I learned how to shut it off at night. I used to not be able to go to sleep, and I'd lay awake, and, and I'd wake up in the middle of the night. And, and you know, sometimes on, on Sunday night, after all day on Sunday, sometimes on Sunday night, I wouldn't be able to sleep all night. Saturday night, I wouldn't be able to sleep because my mind just going on about Sunday. You know, just all this stuff going on. And then by the time Sunday was over, on Monday night, I wouldn't be able to sleep because all this stuff, I should have done this, I, didn't, I shouldn't have done that. I should have, you know, it, and all this kind of stuff. You can't sleep, and you can't shut it down. But I have learned how to shut it down I can lay down and go to sleep now you know why because I finally convinced myself it's not up to me it's not my job I turn it all over to the Holy Spirit and I say good night you got it take control of it I'll see you in the morning People talk about God waking them up in the middle of the night and talk to them I told the Holy Spirit one time I said hey you know I'm up all day Okay, let's kind of let's get an agreement here. I'm, I'm up all day. That might not have been the right thing to do, but that's what I said. Because the Bible says that the sleep of a laboring man is sweet, and I don't want irritated sleep if I'm in the presence of God. Anyway, that's just a whole different deal. I just, whew, somebody shoot that squirrel. I'm chasing it. <laughs> Sister Betty, sometimes she'll ask me that. And, and one time was in a restaurant, and I guess I was being really, really quiet, which a lot of times I am. Most of the day, I'm quiet. I don't say a whole lot. Unless you get me started, unless you, unless you get into one of the categories that's going on in my mind, and then it all starts falling out my mouth, you know. But the rest of the time, it's, it's just quiet. And, and so we're sitting in a restaurant, and I said, well, here, let me, let me tell you what's going on. Just... I'm just going to give you a couple windows of what's going on right now. See this guy over here? He is cheating on his wife, and his wife knows about it. And she can't do anything about it because if she leaves, she'll have nothing. And she knows what he's doing. He knows that she knows what he's doing, and he's taking advantage of her. And I'm wanting to go over there and just bust him in the mouth. <laughs> and then I, I start going through the room, different situations and stuff. And she said, I'm exhausted. And I said, welcome to my world. But that doesn't mean I, that I have to get involved in that stuff. There's a lot of times that I want to. You know, I'd, a lot of times I'd really like to. But I can't bring an answer. And if I can't bring a solution and an answer, then I can't get involved in a situation. No matter how much insight I have about a situation, if I can't bring an answer or a resolve or a solution, I can't get involved in that, Okay. Revelation is awesome and great. God's downloading us and giving us insight into lives and into things around us. The deep things of God are open to us, but unless he gives you an answer and a solution, then we have to just simply take it to him and say, God, I need you to speak. I need you to do something. We can pray about it. Revelation, insight. We have today, just like they did on the day of the triumphal entry there are those that are receiving insight and revelation and worship is coming out and the things of God are happening and but you have on the totally opposite end you've got people that have no insight whatsoever and they can't understand what in the world is going on and they're rebuking it they're trying to stop it they're trying to shut it down we don't need to get in a big fight over that amen 
Praise God. We don't need to demonstrate in the streets. We just need to go to God and say, God, you do what you're going to do. And the power of God will overcome darkness if we'll just keep letting the light shine. Amen. Because when God shows up, things begin to change and things begin to happen. And, and like I said earlier, revival can break out in some of the most unlikely places. I mean, all of a sudden, the Spirit of God begins to move. We're, we're due for some really amazing outbreaks of God. How many agree with me? Amen. We're due for some triumphal entry type stuff. I mean, we're all of a sudden things just totally change, drastically change. We're, we're due some, for some revivals breaking out in schools that, that just amazes the ACLU and they can't shut it down. They don't know what to do with it trying to stop it, but they can't shut it down. They don't know what to do with it. That's been happening. That's, that's happened in different places. We're, we're, we're due for some revivals breaking out in some workplaces and some factories where it just sweeps through the whole place and people begin to get saved and born again. Why? Because God is moving and there's revelation and, and revelation is overpowering the darkness and things are beginning to change. Amen. We're due for some revival. We're due for some amazing outbreaks of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Where God uses unlikely people and performs amazing feats and amazing things. Amen. I don't know about you, but I, I'm ready for that. I want it. Praise God. It, it's, we're, we're, we're due for an outbreak in, in the churches across America where passion for God begins to come back, where we begin to realize that the thing that we have is greater than anything in this world. And if we just position ourselves, it's not going to come and find you. You got to go after it. Amen. It's almost, I, I call it tag, spiritual tag. You know, when God, when, when we get saved through prayers and efforts of other people, the Holy Spirit finds us and revelation comes into our life. And next thing we know, we've, we've had a transformation. God tagged you. But after you get saved, then he wants you to pursue him. He wants you to pursue knowledge and understand. He wants you to go after the things of God. Praise God. Tag your it. Amen. How many want to tag God? Say, ha ha, I caught you. I pursued you till I got you. Now it's your turn. Amen. I want, to, I want to be consumed with the things that come to consume me. I want to be touched with what God touched me with. I want to go after it. To know Him. Praise God. We've got next week, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's been turned into a, a you know, a totally different thing in a lot of circles. Try to take the power out. A lot of churches don't like to preach that anymore. But I got to tell you something. If we don't preach the resurrection, we might as well just close our Bibles and go home. Because the resurrection of Jesus Christ is, is, the, is the place. It's the time. It's where, it's where history changed. All of history changed. Praise God. Father, we just thank you. And God, I pray today that you would give us the understanding and insight, Lord God, into life, into our surroundings, 
God, into the things that you're doing. Father, I thank you for that. I praise you for it, Father. God, I give you the glory and the honor, God, for everything that you're doing right now. But Lord, we want more. We're hungry for more, Lord God. We're hungry for more of you. Lord, when we are weak, that's when you're strong. When we can't do anything, that's when you're strong, Lord. And Father, I give you praise for that today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Everyone stand with me right now, if you would, please. started out going one direction but the Holy Spirit kept bringing me back to that we need to position ourselves God's got things for you don't just pray that God bring them to you ask God to get you in the place of receiving where you can receive what God has for you position ourselves for the things of God Father we just thank you today Praise God. Pray this prayer with me. Father God, move me. Speak to me. Give me insight that I can get in the place I need to be positioned for what you have for me. Your glory, your presence, and your work manifesting in my life bring me to the place you've ordained me to be in Jesus name thank you father oh we give you the praise for it today God give you praise and honor today father 